Hi friends, welcome to the Mother with a Loud Mind podcast. If this is your first time joining, thank you so much for being here. I highly encourage you to go back to episode zero, I almost didn't do this, where you can get a little insight into what future episodes will be about and get to know me a little better. If you are a returning listener, you are seriously the coolest and I appreciate you endlessly. Please feel free to give this podcast a review and rating at the end of the episode. It really helps us grow and reach a larger audience. I'm your host, Morgan Klontz. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Lulu's Beauty Essentials. Many skincare products are filled with chemicals that may be harmful and quality should never be a compromise. I have personally been an avid user of Lulu's products for over a month now, and I'm a huge fan of the moisturizer and turmeric oil. But all of their products have become staples in my morning and nighttime skincare routines. No matter what skincare product you're looking for, Lulu's guarantees reliability. All products are handmade, all natural, chemical and toxin free, and are made with only clean ingredients. Let the inner you shine from head to toe. Lulu's is here to help you with fine lines, dull skin, dark circles, and more. Be sure to follow Lulu's Beauty Essentials on Facebook and Instagram. There you can be entered to win giveaways and see sneak peeks of new products. You can shop online at lulusbeautyessentials.com. lulusbeautyessentials.com. All right, it's here. The one everyone's been asking for. My daily routine as a stay-at-home mom. This has definitely been the most highly requested topic thus far, which makes me excited because I do enjoy talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly as a stay-at-home mom. It is extremely challenging and rewarding at the same time. So if you do stay at home or you have in the past, kudos to you. It is definitely a job. Society likes to tell us that it's not, but it 1,000% is. Um, so when I got pregnant with Everett, which was a big old surprise in case you didn't know, Taylor and I were not married. We were living together, but we were not married or even engaged at that point. Um, we had only been together around two years and all of a sudden it was crunch time. Our lives would soon be changing in the most drastic way possible. And we had to make some tough decisions. One of those decisions being, what would we do as far as childcare? And if you haven't checked lately, daycare prices are astronomical, like more than most people's mortgages. Okay. So I wasn't making like a ton of money, but I was doing okay um, at my job. But the more we talked logistics, the more it became apparent that it would be smarter financially for me to stay home. Um, It was not my idea to stay at home. Um, I've worked since I was 15. I've always made my own money. And the thought of depending on Taylor, who wasn't even my husband at the time, for everything was horrifying. Not to mention the added stress of being home alone with a baby all day as a first-time mom. And I had literally no idea what I was doing. Um... So my husband comes from a huge family. He's the oldest of seven kids and his mom has always stayed at home. She's a wonderful mother and she's been super helpful with my transition into motherhood. Um, So I had a lot of support, but even though I knew I had her support and I had her to talk to and get advice from, it really didn't make the transition any easier. I was now fully financially dependent on my 
boyfriend who owns his own business, which is terrifying in itself because at the drop of a hat, the rug can be pulled out from under you. Things can go south. So that's scary all on its own. And I felt like I was being stripped of my freedom. And I will not lie, it took me a long, long time to get used to not having full financial freedom and being 100% in control of my own money. And if you're thinking of staying at home, I don't say this to scare you, and everyone's situation is very, very different, but it definitely takes you and your partner being fully transparent with each other, and it will be an adjustment for both of you, but it's definitely doable. It just takes a lot of open communication. So I just wanted to share that with you and be honest and validate you in being scared to stay at home and be without your own paycheck. So fast forward, I have Everett, and it's time for me to start staying at home. Taylor pretty much immediately went back to work. I think he stayed home like the day after we got back from the hospital, but we were in the hospital over a week, um, which I'll talk about in next week's episode. Um, So again, he owns his own business. If he's not working, he's not making any money. So he went back to work. My mom came to stay a few days. His mom came to stay a few days. And if this is an option for you, it is definitely helpful. I know it can be hard to accept the help and you want to do everything yourself. Um, But those first two weeks are culture shock and they're going to be really hard. Um, Not only are you trying to recover from the biggest physical change you as a woman can experience, you're also adjusting to becoming a mom and your baby is adjusting to being in the outside world. So my advice is to take the help. Um, So once my help left, that's when it really hit me. Okay, I'm alone here with this baby. I'm exhausted. I'm still physically recovering. I'm trying to figure out how to breastfeed, which was a whole ordeal in itself. I'm battling my hormones. Taylor was gone a good 12 hours a day. I wanted to be a good wife and have a clean house and dinner ready every night. We had a lot of company coming by to see the baby, and it was a lot. And It was also really easy for me to get stuck in this routine of sitting on the couch all day, not eating, not taking care of myself, not getting things done, not being productive, which being productive is not the most important thing here, but I was never leaving the house and it was really damaging my mental health and it was making me resent Taylor for having full bodily autonomy and getting to pretty much do as he pleased. And if he had to go somewhere, he didn't have to take a baby or pack a diaper bag, you know. Um, And that's when I realized that it was really going to be valuable for me to set a schedule for myself. I'm very type A. I thrive on organization and schedules and preparedness and knowing what time I need to be somewhere. And I like having my plans made weeks in advance. So I started to craft this schedule and it was rigid at first. I had gotten sucked into those newborn sleep classes that are like super strict on your baby napping for exactly 73 minutes and 32 seconds and being awake for 94 minutes and yada yada. And I was convinced that if I followed that schedule to a T, I would be the best mom in the world. My baby would sleep through the night and my life would be rainbows and sunshine. And here's my advice. Don't do it. Do not force yourself to live and die by a minute-to-minute schedule with a baby. 
it is impossible, okay? And you will kill yourself trying to make it work and it will make you so frustrated with yourself, with your baby, with everyone. It, it's not a good idea. It works for some people, but I, I just can't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I'm telling you, the minute you loosen up a little bit and you just let your baby nap, as long as they want to nap and you don't stress, if they haven't fallen asleep by seven o'clock on the dot, that is the minute you can breathe again. So it took a minute, but I realized what was happening. So I loosened my schedule. I became flexible. I stopped reading the articles and taking the classes and following baby sleep accounts on Instagram. I unfollowed a ton of moms and influencers because they made it all look so luxurious and perfect. And motherhood, especially staying at home, is anything but luxurious. And what most of those people have and don't tell you is they have help. They have a nanny. They have a babysitter. They have a night nurse. And we, as normal people, don't have those things, right? So once I stopped comparing myself and what I was achieving during the day, how long my baby slept at night, all of those things magically started happening on their own. Everett started sleeping better, and in turn, I was happier. I had more energy. I had time to take a shower, take care of myself a little bit better. And from there, I started to slowly add things to my schedule, making plans with people, going places. The anxiety I had around taking my baby into public alone went away because I was able to do it more. So I'm going to give you an idea of what my daily schedule looks like. And keep in mind, I have two under two. So your day may look a lot different than mine if you have more or less children. But this schedule, um, now that I have two, is really no different from when I just had Everett. Except when I ha- when it was just Everett, I had like a little more downtime. Um, but I pretty much followed the same cardinal rules, like letting them nap as long as they want. So let's start with bedtime. I have always, no matter what, since we came home from the hospital, put Everett to bed at 7 p.m. Or somewhere very, very close to 7 p.m. I try not to go past 7.30 if I can. And it all just kind of depends on what time we finish dinner, if we're getting home later than usual, if we've been out that day. But that's really the only part of the schedule I try my hardest not to budge on. And Dallas goes to bed usually around 7.30, um, depending on if I'm doing bedtime alone, if Taylor's there to help. She still likes to be rocked to sleep. She's only four months. So by the time I lay her down in her bassinet, it's usually closer to like 740, 750, which is fine. Um, but having these set bedtimes in place helps all of us get on a schedule. We know what to expect. And I have found that my kids do really well when they know what to expect. And it sets us up for success the next day. Because I can usually gauge what time they'll wake up, which is very helpful to me. And the sooner you get them on a set bedtime, the easier it will be to get them to sleep. Everett is at the point now where 7 o'clock rolls around and he's like, all right, I'm ready to go to bed. Which is great. Um, But he has never really slept through the night until maybe a month ago. Um, He's going to be two at the end of September. He had a super small stretch of sleeping 12 hours as an infant, maybe when he was around six months, but it didn't really last like more than a month or so. And even now, I'd say he still wakes up once a night, like maybe once a week. 
Um, but Dallas is the opposite, which was a huge shocker to me. I was expecting to have another, you know, not so great sleeper, which that's not saying anything about my kids. It just is what it is. Um, but she has slept eight hour stretches pretty much since she came in from the hospital. She's just been a really good sleeper. So if she goes to bed at 730. She'll wake up around anywhere between three and five for a bottle and go right back down. And that just goes to show it all depends on the child. I didn't do anything different with Dallas. She just happens to sleep longer. So don't stress yourself out about it. The season will pass. They'll sleep eventually. And just, you know, whatever it took me trying different things. I tried all these different swaddles and sleep suits and all these different bedtime routines. And it, it didn't have anything to do with what I was doing. He just needed a little extra comfort to go to sleep and sleep through the night. So that's all I'm going to say on baby sleep because I know it's a touchy subject. But um, one thing Everett is super consistent about is waking up between usually anywhere between 6 and 7, usually closer to 6 or 6.30. It's very rare that it's earlier or later than that, which is super helpful for me because I know what to expect the next morning and it helps me decide when I should go to bed and him waking up at that time is the start of our day. I don't, I'm, I'm not the person that gets up at four o'clock before my kids so I can have alone time. We'll get to that in a second. So his, the time he wakes up is the start of our day. And I think we were able to achieve that by having a scheduled bedtime. So he goes to bed at seven. Let's say he sleeps all night and he gets up at 630. I'll go get up at 630, get him from his crib, change his diaper, and then we head to the kitchen together. And while all of this is happening, Dallas is still asleep. And Taylor is usually about to leave for work at the same time. And this is what I found really sets my day up for success. And I think this is great even if you don't have kids. So just try it. We go to the kitchen. I start my coffee. And while I'm waiting for it to brew, I load the dishwasher. I do not do the dishes at night. Unless we have somewhere to be early the next day, like we're leaving to go somewhere early, I leave the dinner dishes for the morning. Um, so I load the dishwasher and I start a load of laundry. So right off the bat, I'm feeling productive. I've accomplished two things already. And I know when I wake up every morning, that's what I'm going to be doing. So it's a habit now, just like making my coffee. So while I'm doing that, Everett is helping me. He loves to help with the dishes and he loves to watch the coffee brew. So a lot of times he'll like sit on the counter right in front of me while I'm doing the dishes. So dishes and laundry are started. I make both kids a bottle, well, a sippy cup for Everett. And we head back to the bedroom and he has his morning cup of milk in bed with me. Once that's done, Dallas is usually stirring and ready to get up. She'll hang out in her bassinet. She doesn't cry. Usually, she just hangs out until he's done with his bottle, which is so nice. So, I'll get her up. Everett will usually go play in his room or he'll bring a toy to the bedroom while I change and feed Dallas. He likes to help with that as well. And this is really nice if you're expecting your second child soon. Um, help your oldest become independent from a very early age. We started doing this like before he was one. We would encourage him to play by himself because we knew we were pregnant with Dallas when he was nine months old. Yeah. So we started to encourage the independent play. And 
make sure like we we would make sure he had toys he could get to and play with by himself that didn't require help we have a drawer in the kitchen where he can grab his own snacks he we just have to open them for him but he brings it to us and he knows what to do and it makes having a baby and a toddler way more manageable so anyway now everyone has had milk and everett is ready for breakfast while he has his breakfast, either in bed, which is, I don't really care about that. He can eat in bed if he wants to, or we'll sit at the table. I strap dolls to me. I am a huge baby wearer. It is impossible to get anything done with a baby and a toddler if you don't wear them because she is a clinger. Okay. She may let me put her in her swing, but it's not going to be more than 10 minutes. So anyway, I'll take care of myself for a second while she's strapped to me. Drink my coffee, brush my teeth, change my clothes, get out of my pajamas. And I mean, I'm not getting dressed. I'm just putting on <laughs> more comfy clothes. And I know a lot of moms really push you to get up and get ready and get going and do your hair and makeup every single day. And that's just not what happens over here. I only get fully ready if I have to because getting ready with kids is stressful. And like I said, I am not getting up at 5 a.m. to do my hair and makeup. Nope, not happening. So anyway, once that's done and Dallas or uh, I have too many kids, <laughs> Everett is done with his breakfast. Dallas is about ready for her morning nap and Everett is still playing independently or he's hanging out with me and I'll let him watch a little bit of a show in the morning sometimes. So he he's a blippy is king in our house. Okay, <laughs> so he's usually watching blippy in the morning. Dallas can sleep through all kinds of noise, so him playing or talking or watching TV doesn't doesn't bother him at all, or her at all. Gosh. <laughs> um, so, I lay Dallas back down, and this is when I can shower and Everett will shower with me. Um, she usually sleeps a good two hours, so I'll shower or I'll prep dinner if veggies need to be chopped or I'm marinating something, I'll do that. Um, I'll usually eat a, a little bit of something then. Once Dallas wakes up, this is when I get like, if we're going somewhere, um, I'll do my grocery shopping if I need to go. Well, not really grocery shopping, grocery pickup. If you don't let someone else shop your groceries for you as a mom, just try it one time. It'll change your life. Walmart, it's free. Just let them do it. <laughs> and so we'll do that. We'll do whatever other errands need to be done. I don't like leaving my house in the afternoon. Call me a grandma. I just don't. It's not as busy in the morning. Traffic isn't as crazy. And I just enjoy errands in the morning more. And in the summer, it's not nearly as hot outside, which is really nice. Um, so I try to be done with errands by 10, 10, 30. So Everett can take his, he's down to one nap a day. Um, so this is when he'll take his nap no later than 11. And he will usually sleep for an hour and a half or so. And Dallas will also usually be ready to nap again by then as well. She's a cat napper right now, so it may be 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so here's the thing about nap time, especially if they're napping simultaneously. I do not do anything I can do while they are awake during nap time. Nap time is mom's time. And it's going to be spent doing what I want to do with no interruptions. That's when I work on the podcast. Like right now, they're both asleep. Dallas is in here with me in her bassinet. Everett's in his crib sleeping. 
And I personally, I enjoy cleaning my house. So I may clean. Folding laundry is difficult with a toddler that unfolds everything. So I may do a load of laundry. But most of the time, it's spent working on the podcast. And before I started the podcast, and even sometimes now, I will sit on the couch on my phone. I'll have another cup of coffee. And I just chill. And don't feel guilty about that because by now, this time of the day, I've already accomplished pretty close to everything I need to get done that day because I got started first thing with the dishes and the laundry. So once the kids wake up, it's time for lunch. And then we have a period of a few hours between lunch and when I start cooking dinner. And this is where we can do an activity. We'll go on a walk. We can play outside. We can watch a movie, do a little craft, whatever we're doing that day. And I don't have a hundred other things I'm trying to do at the same time because they're usually already done. Cooking dinner is really the only time that I, it, it can be a juggling act because Dallas may or may not be ready for a nap. Everett may want my full attention and dinner time is sometimes stressful. Um, but I usually start cooking no later than five because I like to be done eating and starting to wind down for bed by 6.15, 6.30. Taylor usually gets home from work around that time as well, so he can eat and hang out with the kids before bed. We Sometimes we just don't get to eat dinner as a family, and it's okay. It is totally fine. I don't stress about it. We enjoy it when we can, but it's not a huge deal for me. Um, as far as bedtime, I don't follow like a super strict bedtime routine. It's basically just diaper change, pajamas, milk, and... Forever, I lay him down in Dallas. I rock her to sleep in Laredo. Um, we do baths in the morning. I just prefer it that way. It's, I found easier. And it wakes both of them up more than it helps them relax. So, it doesn't help them go to sleep. So, uh, it's just, it would be one more thing to cram in at bedtime that I'm not interested in. Um, and that's pretty much how our day goes. Um, I used to be way more into leaving the house, but right now... I'm still at the point where taking two kids alone somewhere is like kind of very stressful. Um, but like on the weekends, we'll go see my mom usually like every other weekend or we'll go out and do something as a family. So if I have an extra set of hands, it's not nearly as bad. Um, Dallas, like I said, is only four months. So she still requires a bottle every couple hours. And Everett is in the midst of toddlerhood. Uh, terrible twos are coming our way, which is a challenge in itself. And both kids just happen to absolutely despise being in the car. Like both, oh my gosh, it's a nightmare <laughs> thinking about it. Like, oh, but um, I really don't get bored at home. I really enjoy cooking. So I spend a lot of time in the kitchen and Everett loves to be in the kitchen too. Um, and the podcast also keeps me really busy and it, it gives me something to like, devote my spare time to and like researching things and writing. I really enjoy that. Um, so I'm not sitting idle all day or just scrolling social media all day. And I think that's where things can really go south for you and it will start to affect your mental health negatively. So I would encourage you if you, if, if leaving home is stressful for you, find something you enjoy that can be done at home with your kids. Well, not with them, but around them like not something that necessarily involves them but a hobby that can occupy occupy the extra time you have and gives you purpose outside of parenting like I don't know if you enjoy art like 
just draw or paint or whatever you want to do around your kids. You can knit, you know, stuff like that. Um, just, you know, super random examples. But um, the podcast has been that for me. And before that, I had a small business for a short period of time. And that was my hobby. Um, so anyway, and just like nap time, after bedtime is mom's time. For me, that's usually doing a quick toy pickup around the house. Not like a deep clean, no dishes, just a quick toy pickup so I can wake up to a clutter-free home. Um, I'll finish my dinner if I didn't get to. I like to have a glass of wine and catch up with my husband. And we both like to go to bed super early. And we get up early. So we're usually in bed by 9, 9.30. And it's a system that has just kind of fallen into place for us. Um I'm going to be honest, and I don't mean this in a bashing or resentful way at all, at all, but I don't get much help from Taylor with the kids, really, and it can be really lonely sometimes, but he is doing everything he can to provide for our family, so I am able to stay at home, and we're able to live comfortably, and he never makes me go without, so it can be difficult to parent alone all day, six or seven days a week. But I've learned how crucial it is to make time for myself. And I did have to learn that the hard way. I struggled for months, especially at the beginning of having two um, at home with me all day. It was really, it was a, it was a hard time. Um, But remember, we talked about a couple weeks ago how selflessness can turn into selfishness. So make time for yourself to recharge so you can be the best mom you can be the next day. This is just what I have found works for me and everyone's day will look a little different and mine will always be changing, I'm sure. Um, We're going to start potty training probably in the next month or two. Everett is starting to show some interest in that and I feel like he's, he's pretty close to being ready. So being at home during that will be super important. Um... But fall is also approaching, daylight savings, so Taylor will be home earlier since it gets dark earlier. So that's another thing to consider. Nap schedules will be changing. They're, you know, they change all the time with an infant. Um, So all things to consider when loosely creating the schedule for yourself. I hate to even call it a schedule, more just like a suggested outline of your day. Um, but yeah, that's that's how my day goes uh, pretty much every day. So I hope you found this helpful. Stick around for our affirmations at the end of the episode. And I hope you have a great week. You have officially made it to the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for making it this far. If you stick around for just another second, I'd love to share some affirmations with you today. I am a good mom. I am exactly who my kids need. I am grateful for the time I get to spend with my kids. My kids do not need a perfect mom. I will stay calm, even in the midst of chaos. I am worthy of love and affection. God wants what's best for my life, so I will relinquish all my fears onto Him, as they are not my burden to bear. I will live in the moment today and not stress about my past or worry about the future. My past mistakes do not define who I am now. I am a strong and confident woman. I am an intelligent individual. God has called me to motherhood, and through Him I can do all things. I love my body and am comfortable in my own skin. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. I am a kind human being. I am not just a mom.